Welcome to Vaguely Music. I am Kelsey Jacobson, and with me is the wonderful Ryan Stromfler. That's me. And we have as a guest Lindsay Lerner, who is of the creator and mastermind of Level Exchange in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and we're very excited to have her. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. So I think what we'll do is um, uh, Double Bar and Level Exchange are, are hoping to partner up a little bit more and more Absolutely. over time as things Combining manifest. Um, we are bringing our Winter of Rock group into the Level Exchange studio yes. in Pawtucket this, the end of this month in March. Yeah, so, um, so if you're listening to this and you're in the Winter of Rock, shut this off and go practice. Cause like you need, <laughs> you need to. This is right. This is recorded a couple this of days is your after. Original coming yeah. around the corner. Yeah. This lady, and we already told her all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's this is our first run through. Yeah. Of seeing seeing what it's Testing like it and we're experimenting, getting to be in the space, which is Definitely. exciting. Um, for everybody who hasn't met you yet and is not going to have the joy of joining us in March, um, can you sort of walk us through what it is you you do? As yeah. Level Exchange? Sure. So Level Exchange is a co-working and production space, like you said, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Our goal is to work with New England area musicians and provide them the support and resources they need when they want to grow their art into a business and create a sustainable entity of their work. Wow. What kind of resources? Like when you say... Sure. Everything yeah. from the aggregation of photographers, videographers, studio engineers to assist on the creative side, graphic designers, illustrators, whether you need album art or you need a new logo for your band or you need a full-length video for your live footage or portfolio piece, essentially. But we also, I think our strong suit is providing the business side of things as well, whether it's uh, accountants, attorneys, if you have a contract that you want someone to look over. We have office hours if you need someone to help you help you file your 1099s at the end of the year to make sure all your tax forms are correct. We have that for you. And really just everything from the managerial side of things, agent side of things, whatever level you're at or however you define success, we want to assist in getting you there. Which is pretty amazing because I feel like for, for musicians, that's artists generally, that sure. that's the hardest piece for yeah. us is to like have that know where to go, mm-hmm. have those resources, and be organized enough sometimes to take advantage of them. <laughs> so it's nice to have someone from the outside like, sorry, I got this. Hold on. Sure, I got this. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of it, too, is, is the educational component that's super important just because I think that a lot of artists do have the innate abilities to be organized and to get a lot of these things done, mm-hmm. but it's been stigmatized for so long that mm-hmm. everyone is poor and starving and never going to be successful in any way, and you're never going to make any money, which I don't think is true, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why we exist. <laughs> yeah, and so you, this is like, this kind of ties in. We have, we've had a couple guests now, um, and all of them have echoed the same thing, that it's 2019, and you have to be your own like small business at this point. Exactly. If you're a gigging musician of some kind, if you use your name as a brand, like you have to know this stuff. Right. That this is like this is the good news is that the information is out there mm-hmm. that more than ever you can you can promote yourself. But this is all stuff that and, and unfortunately we had Kelsey and I had talked about this on the first podcast. Like this is stuff we, that really doesn't get covered at music school sure. as well. So you get a lot of people at any varying age who don't get to go over this, who like taxes, like their first, you know, my first year out of college, taxes were like, oh man, like 
I've never had to file my like myself. Yeah. There's so much stuff. Yeah, so it can really blindsight you. Totally. How did you um, how did you get on that path? Like how did how did you wake up one day and go, <laughs> yep, that's it, right there, doing that's it. The one. <laughs> I actually, well, what you're talking about in terms of music schools not teaching the business side of things. My freshman year of college, I was studying photography at an art school. And when I was there, I really, from the time I was six years old, I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. I worked at portrait studios and I worked at every local newspaper imaginable and shot for a yearbook and shot school dances and everything that you, uh, really embarrassing events that you go to in middle school and high school. All of that. And then was like (laughs) shooting people's weddings and and bar and bat mitzvahs and all of those things. And it was just like, it was not a good time. But I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. This is it. Went to art school, got there was terrified because I did not want to be a fine artist in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really love photography, but I'm pretty trash at everything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, across the board. <laughs> this is not this That's is a not rough good. discovery in college. That's just oh, like a... wild. My, my first drawing class, I distinctly remember, everyone had their easel s- set up around the room. We were all, like, drawing whatever was in the center of the room. And the instructor went around, and she was like, oh, great job great job, great job. And then she got to me and she was like, you're a photo major. Oh! And I was oh. like, ooh, that one hurt a little. That, that was not. That's the, the and then I, had to, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. I was like, this isn't going to work out. And then I also realized at that time that I was much more interested in the, I got huge into portrait photography and was much more interested in the people and the stories rather yeah. than necessarily the yeah. fine art of photography. Yeah. And that there was a lot of other family stuff going on and I had to come back to Rhode Island uh, during that time and I was like I'm not going to the University of Rhode Island and I'm not going to Rhode Island College because I'm from here and <laughs> I'm from here and I refuse I'm not, and I'm not doing it I will which not be a townie was re- yeah which was ridiculous <laughs> because they're great schools and they're amazing institutions now hindsight but I ended up at Bryant because I didn't know anyone there and so then I got there and I was like oh man this is definitely not the fit for me either because I went from this like weird nerdy kid at art school to a weird artsy kid at business school and I didn't study business I studied anthropology so it was just a very confusing time which is a cool subject though (laughs) oh absolutely cool subject and when you think about it for me art has always been a business and business has always been an art and all of the things that art school was missing were all the things in reverse were all the things that Brian in my opinion was was missing yeah and so being able to study cultural studies which to me is music yeah and so that's where that interest came so is that is you went and was your did you end up getting your major in anthropology? Yeah, Bryant calls it they call it global studies with a concentration in cultural interaction. So what year did you graduate? 2015. Okay, so that was pretty because I I only ask because and this is you know while in the middle of the podcast my sister graduated from Bryant. Oh, awesome! So that's why I was like, oh, but no overlap. So <laughs> so sorry to keep everybody in the podcast in suspense. <laughs> I thought you just wanted to talk about Dartmouth. No, no. <laughs> As much as I love, I love my alma mater. Um, okay, so you graduated Bryant 2015. Mm-hmm. What was the next move? During my junior year of college, I studied. I I really did not enjoy Bryant when I was there. I probably spend more time there now than I did when I was a student working with Irony. some of the. Oh yeah, working with some of the faculty. But when I was there, I was like, I need to. I need to get the hell out of here. And I studied abroad in Chile. Went there, didn't know Spanish, which like wasn't the wasn't the greatest idea. Yeah, not yeah, a country I... to just go to, not knowing the language. Uh, and I ended up connecting with another student who was in my same study abroad program. He was from Cincinnati, and bet- two of us, we both 
we probably shouldn't been ha- shouldn't have been hanging out with each other because we both didn't speak Spanish, so yeah, we really yeah, didn't it's not advance. Really immersion at that <laughs> yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is like, you know, off doing their thing, and we were like, oh man, this is not this, this is, is overwhelming. Not good. Yeah, and so we hung out a lot, and he was a hip hop artist, and honestly, somehow between the two of us, our combined knowledge of Ola, his mild resemblance to Neo, and my camera looking like really official in Diesel, we booked him a bunch of shows, oh. and so we were like this is amazing we're fake rock stars and we got free food and we got free drinks and we got paid we're like we're badass and so then and everyone in in south america and in latin american culture was very enthusiastic about the arts and from a from an anthropology perspective and like field notes and ethnographic research i was like oh wow like this is really amazing how people react to music and how people are engaged and they're really supportive of it and so when we despite not sharing any language exactly yeah. well that's what that that's, that's what was wild yeah. it was like music is this international mm-hmm. language and you don't i don't know what the hell you're talking about you know what the hell i'm talking about we're having a great time and yeah. so that's okay <laughs> and so when we got back to we got back to the u.s and like i said phil lived out in uh out in cincinnati and so i'm calling all these venues and i'm like yo i've got this dope artist like can we open for you can we play at your venue how does this work and everyone was like, I don't know where the hell you've been doing business, but that's not how that works here. Like, it's pay to play. You have to buy these tickets. You have to sell oh, these things yeah. in advance. And so then the world was opened up of this obviously pretty negative, pretty cutthroat, aggressive North American music industry. Yeah, yeah. And pay to play just was wild to me. And when I asked Phil about it, he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's it's fine. Like, just do it. And I'm like. What if we try not to? How about we we don't do that? (laughs) So then I honestly, I just got really pissed off and I started hosting shows in Providence, which hindsight, so bad. So bad. I remember the the first show that I hosted was seven bands ranging from genres like Biggie to Taylor Swift. So very diverse range. Seems like about the same thing. Oh, yeah. Kind of. It's the same though. And (laughs) And there was no sound guy. And I had the the show started at like eight or nine, and I told everyone that they had to be there at like four thirty. <laughs> so I'm like so so type A, and so everyone got there and they're like cool, and of course they were late. And but they got well, there. That's why you say four thirty. Exactly. I so they got there like seven. They got there at seven. I don't know. And they were like cool. So sound check, and I was like, yeah, like you're the musicians. That's your job. Like you have this stuff. Like, what are you talking about? And they were like, um, there's literally not even microphones here. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know I needed to bring those. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. And so somehow, I don't know, they all figured it out. So it was fine. And, like, it was it was pretty disastrous. Uh, the talent was great, but, like, the sound system and everything just was not good. It was but that's, really I mean, that's the epitome of trial by fire right there, trying to figure out how oh, to do yeah. that. It's like, no Absolutely. microphones, check. Yeah, no. they figured it out. <laughs> like, 75 people showed up. We did okay. We had a good time. And then we kept hosting shows, and they became less and less atrocious over time, which was great. But obviously, still, when you're setting up and promoting local shows, it's yeah. it's not, not easy. A super. It's not easy, and it's not a very lucrative thing, especially Mm-mm. in the beginning. And so at that time, I had reached out to – I was a huge fan of this hip-hop artist, spoken word poet, Watsky. And I had reached out to his manager. My thought process was, well, I'm clearly – royally screwing this up so who can who can i talk to who's involved in the industry and since watsky was a young dude i made the very wrong assumption that his manager was his like college roommate or something they got lucky they were just happened to be crushing it because obviously that's how this works and so i found his email online i did not do my research other than finding his email and i emailed him and i was like hey 
I went to school for photography. I saw you guys were playing House of Blues. I would really love the opportunity to photograph the show, thinking if I could get my foot in the door, then right. I could annoy him about all my other music questions. But at least I would be giving him like really great photos, and he would They're like start me the process, more. Exchange. <laughs> yeah, it was right a, there. it was a thought. So then he didn't answer me, and then I emailed him again, and then he didn't answer me. So then I emailed him. I emailed him again. I still didn't answer, and then I emailed him an embarrassing amount of time. And, like, <laughs> a month later, he, I got a phone call, and he was like, I will never forget. He was like, hello? I said, hello? He said, who's this, Lindsay? I said, huh? Who's this? He said, this is Kevin Morrow, Blasky's manager. I was like, oh. <laughs> he was just like, what the f*** do you want? And I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> oh, God. And then, of course, like, how do you respond to that? So then I just, like words were just falling out of my mouth and I was like hyperventilating and I was like well I saw and then House of Blues and I was just wondering if I could and he was like can you please stop talking and I was like oh uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and then he went on this hour-long like monologue explaining to me no he doesn't need me and no he doesn't need my photography services who do I think I am because he is 65 years old he is one of the original guys with House of Blues and touring he was vice president of Live Nation he now has his own entertainment company and he really really does not need me annoying him via email (laughs) but but if I'm ever in Los Angeles he did enjoy my persistence so I should hit him up wow I gotta say, so which yeah goes to show you. So we had intended, I think, like um, uh, like s- six weeks ago or however long it was, sure. we were gonna talk about like the the benefit of networking and, sure. and the, that that ability to network and connect. It's a it's a something. So, which yeah. is that lack. I mean, part of that is that like no fear, right? Sure. It's like gotta try because what's the exactly. worst you're gonna get is well, a maybe. The worst a you're gonna no. get is no. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got to say, like, of all the stories that you've just walked us through, your trial by fire and failing is failing by being hyper-aggressive and putting your chips all in on something. Oh, yeah. And so, like, no wonder, like, everything has started to line up on. It's, like, not a lack of, like, well, I kind of did this. You were like, I'm going all in. Like, <laughs> you, most people would have just emailed him, like, once. and then, but, but you said, like, hey, I wanted to do this so I could learn about the industry. And by him ranting about it, you quickly learned oh, about yeah. the industry. <laughs> exactly. So you got it. It might not have been exactly. the. It would have been a profanity laced like personal attack <laughs> that you didn't want, but you got the information there though. Some, there was some 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 good nuggets of information. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, it worked out. And then that that was in like, I think that was summer of 2014, and the show is in November. And he also explained to me he was like who, like. Tour managers go on the road, not managers. And I was like, I didn't know that. Got it. Okay. I was Noted. Like, You'll be in California. You're not going to be here. Oh, <laughs> I take notes. copious amounts of notes all the time. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like, you're shit out of luck, kid. And I was like, well, okay. And so then I had tickets to the show because, like I said, I was a huge fan. And, but I got there, like, stupid early. The show is at, I don't know, 9 o'clock. And I was there at, like, 1. I was like, <laughs> I am going to figure out how to it's take pictures. It's in you got to beat traffic. Oh, exactly. But I was like, I am going to figure out how to take pictures at this show if it kills me. Yeah. And so I, like, walked around, like, stalked the venue for a while. It didn't work. I ate lunch at, like, House of Blues at the restaurant. Still couldn't figure out how to get in. And then at, like, 4 or 5, I was going to give up. I was like, fine, I'll just put my camera gear in the car. I'll just go in general admission it'll be fine and as I was walking away one of the side doors was open and I heard sound check and so I looked in had a fangirl moment I was like gotta do it 
gotta go in there and I had I had my I never wear heels this is a podcast and none of you can see like how I normally dress heels not an option and so I had my camera backpack on I had heels I must have looked significantly more intimidating than I do now and I just walked in and this like very very large man emerged and he was like sup (laughs) (laughs) like sup he was like you coming in it's like yeah and then I'm very awkwardly standing in the center of House of Blues as soundcheck is happening. I was like, oh, boy. And then in my brain, I'm like, the only person I know that knows any of these people is 3,000 miles away. And he probably thinks I'm crazy. So, like, this is not, a, this <laughs> this is not, not the place not to be right now. <laughs> and so then I, I, texted, I texted the number that he had called me from. And I was like, hey, Kevin, I'm really bummed that you're not going to be at the show tonight. It would have been really cool to meet up. Yada, yada, whatever. Uh, and then he texted me back and he said, oh, last minute I ended up on the East Coast, so I'm actually going to be in Boston tonight. Let me know when you get here and I might introduce you to our photographer because, again, he still thinks that I wanted to take pictures. So did you have the heart to say, I've been here for five hours? I said, (laughs) cool, I'm at Soundcheck. And (laughs) so then five minutes later, it's like old man rolls through and he's got like a snapback and his hoodie, like very L.A. He's got like high tops on and he was like, are you Lindsay? Uh-huh. And again, he was like, how the fuck did you get in here? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm seeing a pattern here. And then he introduced me to everyone, and I was like, oh, and he takes me backstage. And I was like, oh, this is how you run an event. There's sound people. There's microphones. (laughs) This is it. This is crazy. (laughs) So then, hands down, one of, like, the best nights of my life. So then after that, I had followed up, and I emailed him, and I I said – Thank you so much, and, and the whole thing. And then over the next two years, or a year and a half or so when I was in school, I think my senior year, I had I had emailed him a bunch of things. Like, we had local newspapers that had written about, like, some of the stuff we had done, like Warwick Beacon and Cranston Herald and, like, stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you did this cool thing. And he didn't answer because why would he answer? Not feeling emails? it. Not feeling it. Uh, <laughs> but I would send him, like, emails every once in a while. And then my second semester senior year, I had gone out to California. My best friend had moved out there, and I just went out there to visit her. And on the way to the airport, I stopped. I stopped at his office. <laughs> and um, you must be burned in this man's memory. Oh yeah, I'm, we're not going anywhere. And so then, <laughs> like walk into the office, and he he was just like, "How did you?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then I'm like, I'm sitting in his office, and <laughs> and I'm pulling up on Spotify. You know, the three bands who had their stuff together enough to have their stuff on Spotify. I'm like, look at this band. They're from Rhode Island, and they're great. And he's like, I don't care about Rhode Island at all. Rhode Island sucks. And <laughs> as I go to leave, he he goes, oh, well, why don't you just stay here? You can be my assistant. And I was like, I am not dropping out of college my second semester, senior year, in debt up to my eyeballs to be your assistant. So I left, and he's like, well, Rhode Island sucks, so good job. Good luck. I was like, all right. So then <laughs> I came back, and I was like, Rhode Island is great. New England is great. This is going to be awesome. Should have gone to school here. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so then, when was, that was, yeah. And then after that, probably, I was still working on everything with, it was a different name previously, and then it was Level, and then officially became Level Exchange in 2015. And so during 2015, we won a business plan competition because we had the idea to build an online platform that facilitated the relationships between local bars, coffee shops, restaurants, and local musicians, oh, very which cool. was awesome because we had a bunch of, Providence alone has 317 restaurants plus now, I'm sure, never mind the rest of Rhode Island and the yeah. rest of 
nearby Massachusetts and Connecticut, and we have th hundreds, thousands of, of performers and musicians who could fill all those venues. Uh, the issue is that they're s small family-owned businesses, and when it came to, en to entertainment, if it was great when they called Lindsay and I told them that they were amazing and the band was amazing and they would be there on time and right. you're going to pay them a certain amount of money right. and it's going to be great. But when we moved everything online, if people were searching for local musicians and they Googled so-and-so yeah. and all of a sudden very poor quality videos and audio and selfies and just mm. really, really terrible content came up. People yeah. were like, I am not paying $500 for that person to come play guitar at my bar. Yep. I might give them a beer. Like, no. Yep. And so that was weird. And then uh, around that same time when we had won that, uh, Kevin, Watsky's manager, called and he said, oh, Watsky ha needs help on, on a project. Can you help? And so I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah. The answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. <laughs> and so I ended up, I did some consulting assistant work for him for a while. And then eventually I had gone on, they were, they did Warp Tour one year, 2016, 2017, and went on as basically a human Swiss army knife. They were like, stuff's going to go wrong and you're good at fixing it. So just when shit hits the fan, just come and fix it. And I was like, uh, yep, sure. Got it. I will be there. And so be a type A and show up to work. <laughs> Check. Right? Exactly. So then while we were on tour, the tour manager actually ended up getting fired. So that became the problem to solve. <laughs> and so being the most organized person on the bus, they were like, you can do it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. 800 people on this tour and 52 shows in 43 days. Yeah, this is fine. Everything's fine. Right, just say yes. Just <laughs> say yes. Figured, <laughs> figured out how to do that. Nobody died, so they let me keep tour managing, which was amazing. That's awesome. But while I was doing that, the biggest thing that kept like becoming more and more clear was the fact that they're as talented as Watsky is and futuristic and all the other people that we were on tour with yeah. and that I've gotten to tour manager with the past couple of years. It wasn't necessarily a lack of talent or discrepancy in the talent between our local musicians and our national acts. It was content and it was the cre creativity that they had around them. And yes. So when we're on tour, we have a videographer and a photographer following us around, making us seem significantly more important than we are. And obviously in today's world where social media drives 99% of the decisions Everything. you make, yeah. it's very, very important. And so that's when Level Exchange really started to come into what its main mission was and being able to aggregate resources for New England area musicians because a lot of our musicians leave and they go to New York or they go to LA or they right. go to Austin, they go to Chicago. Trying to find this exactly. conglomeration of resources right. in one place. Um, do you think that's a lack of education on the musicians primarily of not knowing that they need to have those resources in place or those um, that presentation of themselves in mm -hmm. place? Or do you think that's sort of a lack, I mean, financial constraints or, or what do you see that I think a lot of as? it is financial constraints. And then I think a lot of it, because of the financial constraints, oh, there's a lot of assumptions that they're never going to get there. Yeah. But that's usually not the case when yeah. the conversation, when you start to have the conversation, you start to ask. Well, we saw, we, uh, when we went to NAMM, yep. we, yeah. there was a wonderful speaker. And one of the things he always said is, look at what your biggest problem is and then throw it away. Yeah, and, oh, totally. And he's like, that's if it's one. finances, mm -hmm. it's never finances. Right. And that was, I mean, he said it, and, and as, a, as a small business, sure. it's, it's always like, oh, do we have the finances to do this? Do we so Ryan and I were sitting, standing, because all the seats were taken, <laughs> standing, eating breakfast off our plates, and turned and looked at each other, and we were like, wow, that 
just like plates down, forms out, and write <laughs> that one down real yeah. quick. But I, I think there is something, especially like pair that together with your, your absolute determination, which I love those stories because people are very afraid to do that now. I don't, mm. I don't know if it's like a fear of interacting with someone Maybe. Or, or I don't know what it's like that. Yeah. I'm not sure that rejection or the, sure. the something there that's yeah. taking that chance and just being adamant about, no, this is what I need. This is right. what I need. This is what I need. That's true. I yeah. And being okay with, with change and, and iterating. I also, I had a, a mentor my freshman year of college who was phenomenal when I was doing a lot of photography work. And I heard a lot of no during those projects too. When, yeah. <laughs> when you're approaching strangers and you're like, hey, could I yep. photograph you? And a lot of that was no. And there was one, one day, this woman... Sharon, I will never forget her. She was 60, 65 year old, very fiery, strong, independent black woman. She was like Tyler Perry on steroids. She was <laughs> phenomenal. And one day we went out and she, <laughs> we're asking all these people, can, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture? Everyone, no, 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 absolutely not. And at the end of it, I was just like, man, this, this really sucks. And I'm like almost in tears. And she, she goes, Lindsay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what no stands for? I was like, no, no stands for new opportunity. And I was like, damn, like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> then straight, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so that always stuck in my mind since then. Of all right, well, that's one no. And I, d I also in college did door to door sales for a job. So no, it's just it's law of averages. You're gonna get a hundred no's before someone says yes to you. Wow. So you have a slew of experiences that must really enhance how you look at level exchange and how you handle mm. level exchange in terms of like That's communicating true. with people and and yeah I failed a lot yeah <laughs> failure I, I heard somebody say one time that failure is the only option and I was like that's true well i i feel like that's i mean that's because if we not you're that. not going to be learning yeah. right right so we we talk about that with with our students in the context of, of music and learning music and performing music, but mm -hmm. but I do think that it's awesome to hear you say that in terms of learning how to be in the music business. Sure. Well, it's it's all part of it. I think it's all super super similar. It is. Yeah. It is. And uh, but I feel way. people's um, reservation kicks in when it's like, well, this has to do with money now, sure. or this has to do with this now. So right. I I don't want to either take that chance or mm. you know I'm gonna play it safe because it's. Sure. Money, is, it's business, it's career. Yeah, I mean, this is it's already a feast or famine industry, or at least the outlook of it, what it right. looks like on the outside. And so I think from a musician standpoint, there is something to being like, well, I have something. I know what it's like to have nothing. Right. I have a little something. I'm, I'm not going to give up that little something. I'm not going to give up like a slice of the pie for the whole pie sure. because I know what it's like to have nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. And so as soon as you – so, okay, so this – if, if you had one thing, right, if you had one nugget of advice to say yeah. to, like, to to somebody who is, like, a budding out, like, young right out of high school, young out of yeah. college, that, that kind of, like, 17 to, let's say, let's say, like, 17 to 29, right? Yeah. That What would you tell that one person, that one musician or that one band? Sure. That, like, they're, like, like we already practice, you know, we practice, like, right. it's the people who, like, actually are, like, in it to win it and have, like, a long-term mindset and are mm -hmm. willing to sacrifice what would you tell them? I think it really all boils down to just showing up. I think a lot of people get in their heads and they think, well, it's just one event and it's just one gig and it's yeah. just 
one email and it's not a big deal, it's just a phone call. And usually in those moments, at least for me, every single time that I've really like, I'm just tired and I don't feel like going and yep. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are the moments where you have to push yourself and you have to motivate yourself to get up, get off the couch. And, well, there's brain rewiring, right? Mm-hmm. Because don't they say that the more often you choose to not exactly. follow that path, right. your brain goes, oh, I don't, I don't even think about that path as exactly. much anymore. I just am like, oh, obviously I'm going to respond promptly right. or I'm going to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I heard something. Somebody, this is great. It, it kind of lines up. I heard something today from one of my mentors, and she had said, the mind gives up significantly before the body does. Sure. And I, I, that's kind of like, and that kind of ties it, because mm-hmm. we've all been there, where it's like, I don't want to practice, or I don't want to do anything, or I don't want to make a video, or I right. don't want to do, like, I've been, and then you start to justify, right? Because, like, actions are not just, like, there's a lot of actions that aren't just uh, based on logic. There are a lot of them are based on emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, and then you justify it with logic. I don't want to do this because I've already worked eight hours, right. because I've already reached out to that person, because like you do a thing sure. and then you justify it mm-hmm. when it's easier to just like yeah, it's. I love that that it's like just just showing up, just mm-hmm. putting yourself in motion right. creates creates Absolutely. something and consistency too. You can't just show up once. Well, well, I sent I emailed him once. Okay, yep. well, chances are they didn't see it. Yep. <laughs> you, do you not, like, especially now that I'm, not that I'm anywhere near Kevin's level at all. But yeah, now you're that there, I'm honey. Don't a little, die. I'm a little <laughs> bit, for uh, five years in, I'm a little further than I was mm-hmm. <laughs> when I started. The amount of emails and requests that yeah. I get, and I, like, I'm very low on the totem pole well, compared I mean, to the people that I'm reaching out to and the people that I have reached out to yeah. in the past. And if I'm... I'm very adamant about staying on top of my email and keeping the things organized. And if something slips through my radar, it's not because I don't like someone. It's not because I have a personal vendetta against them and I don't want right. to help and I don't want to be involved. Sometimes well, and that's that's the up. that's the artist naysay, right? So that's like the deep inside artist mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, they're not interested. Sure. Oh, I shouldn't. Like clearly, they don't like mm-hmm. it or they don't want want this. Well, you're or creating whatever. this whole story before right. you even have the conversation, and that right. is where I see the biggest problems and that's where I personally get frustrated the most is because you've already decided how they're feeling and how they're acting and what they're going to say before you even get there yep and then I just don't have patience for that (laughs) yeah so get that nonsense out of here were you always pretty driven because I'm always deeply curious um to people like the end product is what we see now with all the like this the sense of self that you've created sure. as a kid were you this uh were you mm. this determined and everything when you were were you like somebody who sold things in the playground were you somebody who always <laughs> like any because that's uh it's Hustling a great question because I, I used to I, I used to hustle like like incredible Hulk gumballs like all the time like and find ways to be creative but like yes. I think like your behavior as a Abby. kid is 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 kind of indicative that's like you can hear people like like ah I liked working with my we had a drummer I like working with my hands and then mm-hmm. they started playing drums as they got older sure. like it's I think behavior as a kid can yeah can, doesn't always justify but you can always trace things back sure so as a kid did you have anything that like sparked that now you look and you're like ah yeah 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 I see that behavior come I, out like yeah I definitely was always like super super organized very nerdy like top ten in high school. Everyone was very confused when I went to art school because the stereotype obviously is not that like the weird nerdy kids go to art school, which I think is trash, but <laughs> separate story. But I actually, I found relatively recently, I found a bunch of business cards from over the years. <laughs> One of them was probably from, 
I don't know, whenever you take like a keyboarding class or something in like middle school. And it was a business card that I had made like the first time working with Microsoft Word. And it was for Lindsay's babysitting service. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And it had my parents' home phone number on it. Gold. Uh, And then when I got into photography, I had made my like, the first iteration of business cards was my name and these really, really terrible, again, Microsoft Word, um, like Word art. Graphic art. And graphics. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) Not, yeah, don't do that. And then it evolved over the years, like, again, more photography cards, more photography cards. And then when I got into music, it was music and photography. And then it was just photography. And then it was just music. And then it was music management. And then it (laughs) went through like level and then level exchange and then other random sales jobs and stuff that I've had. So it was one of those those little photo albums oh yeah of just my own business cards or take pictures and put them on t-shirts right and like date it and you can see the progress like a timeline (laughs) on the back like tour dates so so you had touched up on something that was really cool and i i want to i want to dive into this for just just a second sure right there is like a a little uh a little like a two schools of thought i feel like as far as social media where it Mm -hmm. goes like i hate to break it down to this but like quality or quantity right and a lot of bands like so let's say you have a band that's up and coming right mm-hmm. good band they sound good they've got a good sound sure. um like image everything what's the step that somebody should be taking uh as far as social media and image and everything mm-hmm. uh because it's not like it used to be you have to have like bare minimum I, every time i've tried to book something with a band mm-hmm. you it's like hey do you have an epk right. you know like you totally. need you need something mm-hmm. so like what would be the go-to move if there was a band that was like ready to to launch mm-hmm. but you didn't want to google search you know because you don't want quality that doesn't represent you right. so like yeah what's the go-to move and then like on top of that like well, what's the follow have, through do you have an opinion on yeah. quantity quality sure. or does it have to be i think i'm biased to say quality because i think that all the work that we produce is quality yeah. but yeah. i think what it really comes down to is consistency okay and so even if it's really terrible quality if it's consistent <laughs> i think that's amazing if it's quality and it's consistent amazing even better yeah and that's yeah. that's what we strive to create at level exchange and a lot of the video live videos that we produce are focused are essentially that portfolio and that epk that exists on either on our channel or on the musicians channel yeah so that you have snippets of mm-hmm. a ton of the musicians that have gone through level exchange yeah. mm-hmm. um and video audio totally. snippets that you've recorded mm-hmm. in that space, right? right? You call, the rug room. Yeah. For those of you. Oh, interested. which social media platform can you find this on? Can you find? <laughs> can you at Level Exchange on Instagram? <laughs> and subscribe on YouTube. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> one two punch right there. I love it. But yeah, I think that that's definitely that's we've definitely taken all of the feedback and questions, comments, concerns, critiques, criticism of everyone that we've ever worked with to come up with the content that we create and why we create it. And then we're able to take, I think the most beneficial part about working with us at Level Exchange is because it's not just, here's money, here's a video. It's not, that's not the exchange. The whole point is that once we create that video, we're able to take that and it becomes part of our database. So when people are reaching out and they're saying, hey, I need an act for, to open for this tour, I want to go on on and play this show, or I'm at this local bar, coffee shop, restaurant. We have that really high quality piece of content. And honestly, people don't watch any more than the first 10 seconds of it. (laughs) And so just that first initial gut reaction, that's what they make their decisions off of. Right. 
Right. And I think that's, I think that's huge too, the how quickly people are, mm-hmm. are going to dismiss choose. you. Yes. Yes. So if you don't have something mm-hmm. that's going to grab them instantly right. in what you're presenting, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's not even necessarily the quality, but the content that's in right. there, if the content isn't there totally. instantly, then no matter what the case there, may be. It's right. weird too though, because then there's the flip side. You have to have something, but it, then it has to be authentic mm-hmm. because I think everybody's BS meter on the internet is so high now right. yeah. because Absolutely. it's just like, like mm-hmm. I, we don't watch you. You can read a clickbait title and a clickbait thumb, like, like thumbnail a mile away right. on YouTube at yeah. this point. And you're totally. like, so you like, you have to have 10 seconds of something that's going to like give you quality. Like, right. Hey, you this is going to give you quality for the next three, five, 10, 12 minutes. Right. Like, um, to rabbit hole down, like a lot of YouTube channels, a lot of anything that we all consume, we rabbit hole down because we, we like the first 10 seconds and then we like three minutes and then we go, well, what else do you have on there that I might enjoy? <laughs> right. And that's how you, so, so it's, I, I definitely, and it's, it, there's a kind of, I hate the idea that there's like some level of BS because I think as, sure. as a species, we're actually really good at sniffing out things that, that are trying to like, mm-hmm. trying to get in, get out and, and run with the money. For sure. Um, so so consistency is like, I love when you talk about that. So bring that in. When you meet somebody, when you mm-hmm. meet an artist, what's a way that you tell that you feel like they're authentic? Like, mm-hmm. is it like, is it coming in on time? Is it like, sure. what's... I think a lot of that, and I didn't want to chalk it all up to gut, but it's honestly what it comes down to every single yeah. time. And the first thing that Kevin Watsky's editor had told me that during that first conversation was as I asked him I was like what is if you have one piece of advice lay it on me if it's a book I should read if it's a person I need to talk to whatever it is lay it on me and he said Lerner he goes you always yelling like yeah Kev he said we have one rule no assholes allowed and that was it and I was I thought about that and I was like this yeah. man is so aggressive but at the same time Okay, and now, at hindsight, it's like every single time that I've ever met someone or encountered someone that I had an uneasy feeling about, but yep. maybe everyone else really liked, yep. or I went on their social media and I was like, oh, mm, I don't like that, but everyone else was like, nah, dude, we got a book down there, so hype, this is going to be great. I was like, mm, I don't think, I don't think this is going to work, and it never ended up working out, right. and so now it's way more being able to just trust that initial gut reaction, and every once in a while. It, it can definitely be wrong, and there's some Well, outliers, I also think all the but, failures have mm-hmm. been part of them. Have been part of what have now allowed you to trust that. Right. It's like, totally. oh, now I know that my BS radar is really quite good. Sure. I'm gonna listen to it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and you also seem, from just talking with you um, throughout this, you seem very into the process. Like very into the process of oh of the look at that Trust she's showing process. a tattoo on her arm right now oh that's killer yeah <laughs> so can you just flash the camera because I will oh, put yeah. that on a clip okay. right there so we're zooming in as as we're doing this like when yeah when I post this you can you're gonna hear me say zoom in zoom in center camera zoom in zoom out to all of the photo crew here yeah yes so that's that's awesome though because like just talking with you. It seems like you're you're in it for, and I had a music professor like tell me, he's like, "Yo, Ryan, you're not in music for college. You're not in music for five like five years after college to do it. You're in music for life." Mm. And so, it's just talking with you, it seems like you're in the process of of you, no matter where that goes sure. for life, and that's big because it just seems like it's like everything you've learned has been like, "All right, well, the next thing is gonna be better. The sure. next thing, the next yeah. thing." Yeah. Um. So much of the industry in general does feel like short-term gains right. like it's like hey how can i and it, it's tough because you have 
there you don't want to overly sell loyalty but there is something to like understanding it's a business mm -hmm. but also being like okay but i'm not trying to short-term burn somebody just to hop up the Absolutely. ladder yeah so we're at the magical bewitching time. Okay. So, so <laughs> nine o'clock. It's my end. bedtime. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, honey. Oh man. Oh yeah. We always end with the Strumpler surprise. Okay. Which? What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh man. Are we are we talking healthy or like go to kids? No, no. Go to. Go to. Oh, peanut butter, Captain Crunch. Oh, good Whoa. call. But doesn't that cut the roof of your mouth after like bowl two? <laughs> Bowl two. Oh yeah. After, not bowl two. After bowl two. <laughs> the whole oh. box. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I don't like. I feel like the what is the Dosakis guy? Sure. I don't always eat peanut butter Captain Crunch, but when I do, I'm having two or three bowls and I'm throwing on Saturday morning cartoons. All about that. All, All right. We thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Where can um, people go to learn more about you and Level Exchange? Sure. You can go to levelexchange.co. Uh, just the website, or you can go to Instagram at Level Exchange. Awesome. And or we're always looking for more subscribers on YouTube. Yep. So YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'll sell you mine. And it's for, <laughs> for our students who are listening who are going to be recording at the Level Exchange. I told yes. you, stop listening. Go practice. You need it. I was there the other day. <laughs> um, we thank you so much. Yeah, you were thank awesome. You, yeah, thank for you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Actually, we won't. You'll hear us next time on Vaguely Music. <laughs> All right, zoom out.